Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Large Format Photography Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Andrew Bartram and Eric Mathy. Hello, Andrew. Sorry, who are you? <laughs> and hello, Eric. Oh my God. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm back for a special episode. And uh, first of all, um, I wish to thank our last guest, um, who was Simon Riddell. And uh, and in particular, I want to thank him for his insight on making large format photography even harder than is required. Right. Uh, so, uh, that's that's ex- exactly the reason why most of us actually do this. So, um, so yeah, taking things to extremes, big thumbs up from me there. Um, I also wish to thank uh, Eric and Andrew for taking care of business since I was last here, uh, which was end of September 2021. Eternity. Uh, yeah, it does seem like a long time ago. Um, we missed lots of tones, sir. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in particular, I want to thank Andrew uh, for keeping a lid on his swearing. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I don't Wait. often swear. Now and again, one slips out. <laughs> Very rarely on the podcast, though. But in fact, in normal life, you know, I don't swear much I, th- I think us brits have a a more elucidated way of uh, expressing ourselves you know we don't need to resort oh, to, to the f words <laughs> yeah yeah no. as, a, as a form of punctuation you know or, or you know or, or, the, or the lack of ingenuity to find an alternative way of expressing yourself yeah. bloody in bollocks how about that yeah. uh, so uh, in, uh so so in other words i'm, I'm not thanking eric in any shape or form um especially after <laughs> that last one we just gave up on i thought i think we actually gave up on bleeping um mm. a few episodes back but so i haven't entirely been away i've been editing uh the the uh the audio of the podcasts uh since first thing to listen to us nonetheless like ghosts from the grave Yes, yeah. So uh, I've been I've been there in in the background, but uh, yeah, it's it's really good to be able to be back and be able to do a bit of a, a catch up because um, I mean, you guys have had so many guests, you've hardly talked about anything you've been up to. Um, so uh, it'll be good to hear about those those kind of things. Well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what I've been up to. Actually, Andrew's been up to a lot of really cool um, workshop stuff and whatever. He's, he might as well just call him the professor. Can we just call Andrew the professor? Because he's just like constantly teaching people, people in the dark room. It's kind of awesome. Professor. Well, it seems to me, if you're in America, as soon as you do a bit of teaching, you're automatically called a professor. Whereas over here, you have to actually, you know, have some education and get like a, what, did, what would you have to have, Simon? A master's or a bachelor's or some, you know, highfalutin bit of paper. Whereas in America, you can just, you know, I could do a, a day's workshop and put professor in front of my name. Well, you know, there's a sucker born every minute and that, that phrase came from America. So, you know, obviously you guys hired, like brought me on. So there's two suckers born over in England. Um, saying. um anyways, rotating, pivoting, Simon. Mm-hmm. What the fuck have you been up to? <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, where did you go? Yeah, well, I've, I've been very busy. Very, very busy. I've been doing lots of things with my 3D printing business. Um, in particular, I've been printing loads of things for Steve Lloyd of uh, Chroma Cameras, um, snapshots, things for uh, Instap backs. For his hand- the snapshot, by the way, is his uh, handheld uh, 4x5 camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a point. I, I saw a photo... Um, Oh, who was it now? I can I can never I get confused between Dave and Elland and 
black eye, black eyed dog or black eared dog. I think it's black eyed dog. Um, but one of them, I apologise for the person I've just got it wrong. Dave, um, Dave, sorry, Simon. Dave Wenham, I think, is Dave in Elland is Dave Wenham, just to confuse you. Yeah. Um, and he lives in Elland. Yeah. So Dave, Dave, I think Dave ran um, for, for context, and I and I'll come on to the snapshot. Dave ran a four by five pinhole camera thing last year which i was part of there was 12 of us and it, and this camera was the one you can go on ebay and there's a seller in greece selling these wooden four by five cameras for a reasonable price i think about 90 dollars or something so dave bought one of these and he got a group of us together and we all shot some film sent the pictures to him and he's in the process of producing a zine now, I understand he's now got a snapshot camera and he's doing the same thing. Now, I, I opted, I did get asked if I wanted to join in, but I um, I, I declined um, this time. So Dave has certainly got one of those uh, one of those cameras and I think it's going to be doing the rounds. I don't know about the black, black-eyed pea guy. His <laughs> name is John, by the way. I've just, that's come to him. But, uh, um, well, you may have seen the photograph I'm talking about, or a couple of the photographs. He's been taking some photographs with the handheld four by five camera at night. Probably, it's probably yes, it's Dave. Yeah, I mean they're just some fantastic shots. Yeah, so um, yeah. he's extremely, extremely. It seems to me whatever camera he picks up, he produces magical images with it. Really, really fantastic. Some people are the worst. <laughs> the worst <laughs> being the best, but that's just like so vexing. It's like oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Like I had to pick up a camera and literally beat myself to death with it before I get any good with it. And some people are like, "Oh, look at this thing! I just picked up the antique. It's this very weird contraption." And oh, both surprise! Like, screw you. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think John. Best, but, you know, I was going to say John Farnan is equally annoying on there. Yeah. Pick up any kind of camera, whether yeah. it's all or large format or whatever it is, and just just knocking yeah. it out of the park. Yep. I mean, but Chroma Steve Lloyd. It's Steve, right? This Chroma. Yeah, Steve Lloyd. Um, he just did a, a lens collaboration with Jason Lane. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just see it? It's a cute little thing. Uh, M39 mount, 24 millimeter, just sort of like focus. And I think it, don't even think it's focus. It's a fixed focus. I'm looking at it right now. It just threads in. It probably has, where does he have this thing fixed? It's probably like a 10 foot fixed focus, maybe, or something like that. And you just go shoot it. Yeah, he showed it when Simon and I sat outside the photography show eating our subways or drinking coffee or something. <laughs> Steve Steve sidled up and showed us this little lens, didn't he? <laughs> I love that visualization. He went, just there with like these foot long sandwiches. Fancy. He, 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 like like, he opened his coat up and he had them all hanging there and he said, Hey, hey, geezers, what do you the, think of these? The lens, right? The lens was hanging there when he opened his coat. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> I just thought that was actually the last time I saw you, wasn't wasn't it, Andrew, at the uh, the photography show? Um, yeah, well, I used to call in in a previous existence as I was heading up to the northwest. I'd occasionally call in and see you and mm. leave leave something with you or pick something up off you or call in for beans on toast or something. But I don't go that way very often now, so you don't see me. No, no, but it was uh, it was good to see you there because there was all about apart from it was just good to see you. Um, but there was uh, intrepid with there. Yep. And um, we also bumped into um, a chap that I've I've uh, been chatted to a lot this year, named Christopher Mackay, and he brought with him um, his 
Gowland Flex, um, which oh. was the four by five TLR. Um, you, shared, you shared a photograph of me looking puzzled or something, didn't you? Exactly, yeah. Um, you were looking puzzled because I don't think it was quite focusing uh, correctly at the time, and I no. think you were, you were struggling with it. And it's, I couldn't um, see anything for it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy to say that it's been fixed. Uh, okay. so I think what was happening, uh, one side of the focusing rail if you like was uh, was being pushed forward and the other side was just being pulled behind it so it was a uh, effectively uh twisted to one side so that that, that wasn't helping things um but uh, actually that's a point that's been fixed by a chap called george walsh um i think it was on instagram um and uh, he's up in liverpool and he's he's doing some good good work on um fixing large formats uh, cameras in particular uh, he serviced my MPP Micropress uh, which is the British version um, of a uh, Graflex Speed Graphic and uh, in particular he um, he recalibrated uh, the focal plane shutter um, and to the point where I actually think it might get pretty close to a thousandth of a second I mean, it's, I think before, I think the fastest was around about 250, maybe. <clears throat> and then random speeds um, from, from that point downwards. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be using it for sports photography and a bit of F1. Well, exactly. I mean, Particularly with that big lens that you've got on it. That big lens. I've got a lot of big lenses. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I want, I want to use it specifically. I've got a, a few uh episcope lenses um one in particular i want to i want to play with is a 280 millimeter 3.5 episcope lens and hang on hang on hang on stop yeah i immediately thought of a camera that goes up your backside but that's an endoscope camera isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Presumably, um, you're, presumably you're not talking about that <laughs> this is definitely not <laughs> no or would um, it make you smile a bit if it did um no and there's no shame in that by the way no i mean you know no no i've had plenty of cameras up my backside thank you very much <laughs> um that's strange I've, I've i've slightly lost track of where i was going with it uh, <laughs> welcome so, back yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Well, not, large, not large format cameras I have to no say. no uh, that's it i know and i know where where you're going with this but i just want to finish off the um the bit about george walsh um in particular it is he did an absolutely fantastic job on my on my market press so it, to the point where i now i now have a level of confidence to go out and use it i still need to you know, do a few test shots and things like that that are things that don't matter um but i, I think it's actually going to deliver with these these very fast lenses that i want to use um so and does this guy do camera repair or uh, Graflex equivalent tune-ups for a living, or is it in a style? No, it's a, it's a hobby, um, but he, he seems to be doing more and more of it, and, you know, and he's, he's willing to take on work. Um, but like I say, he's, he's got a, a particular interest. Actually, he's a wet plate photographer as well. Um, but he, uh, the, the fact that he services uh, focal plane shutters for Graf, uh, Graflexes and uh, including my friend uh, Christopher Mackay, he had a uh, um, a Super D, a four by five Super D, and mm -hmm. uh, his his service that as well. Um, because to my knowledge, I don't know anybody else in the UK 
uh, that actually services focal plane yeah. shutters, these large ones. So, um, so I'm there's, really pleased about that. There's like three people in the U.S. who consistently service them, but they're booked out like exactly months. They're booked out for forever. Yeah. Um, and send, or, sending sending things out, yeah sending things out of the UK to another country and have it coming back in again is an absolute nightmare. Um, <laughs> in terms of you know VAT and import duty and things like that, which is just a joke. Um, but and, Andrew, you were just going to say something then? Yeah, I said, is he self-taught? What's his background to, you know? Um, I believe he is self-taught. I, I don't know a huge amount. I mean, I've had conversations with, with him um, via uh, Facebook and things like that, but I've never actually had a full conversation with him. Perhaps we should. Um, <laughs> just, uh, he's an interesting chap. Um, but when he when he did mine, uh, my microplex, uh, he, he told me that when he opened it up, it was the filthiest camera he'd ever seen in his life. You know, literally debris was falling out of it. Um, so, and it looks so nice on the outside, but yeah, it was absolutely filthy on the inside. There's a sermon in there somewhere. Oh. There is, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, go, going back to where Andrew was trying to take this conversation earlier, um, there's a photograph that um, Andrew put into the Facebook group, um, mm. or Facebook group, which is a large format photography podcast he actually also put it into the lensless facebook group as well but yeah, jimmy uh, jimmy, oh, hipford, I, jimmy hipford replied to that one but he hasn't actually replied yeah to this one yeah i did I, I had to remind andrew that the lensless podcast is for cameras without lenses and that very much has a lens in that picture mm -hmm. um and uh the the odd lens that i'm talking about is a nikon 25 centimeter f4 um which is not a lens that many people would have would have would have heard of um i certainly had no knowledge of it until earlier on this year and it's uh, it's an interesting lens it's actually a lens that was initially developed for nikon rangefinders uh, so a 35 millimeter uh, lens and uh, 25 centimeter or 250 millimeter um and then it's the way that the the lens works, the design. It, it creates a very large image circle, certainly for thirty five millimeter. And uh, Nikon um, realised this, and at the time they had an association with Bronica, um, and they were making Bronica lenses for uh, the earlier uh, Bronica cameras. Um, and I th and this ties in with me buying a, a Bronica S two A. Uh, earlier on in the year and seen this particular lens for sale um with you got a, sorry you got one i got two now um, oh, those lenses? oh no no the lenses no but i've got two i've got two bronica s2a's the bronica oh. sorry the bronica s2a is the one camera i i don't really lust after many cameras lusting wouldn't be the thing but i i'm really ta quite taken by it and there's been a few occasions they're last really year where i nearly nearly pressed the button on ebay one drunken saturday night but i haven't yet yeah i've had two of them and they have a really funky shutter mechanism like their internal mirror mechanism yeah. i'm sure you've seen it simon it's very convoluted i was told it was to get around some like patent thing with hasselblad or something crazy like that um but as a result they are prone to destruction it's that mechanism and they are not repairable when they do because they're so fucking complicated mm. um oh, well, glad i didn't then they're well, brilliant though they're awesome i love them i've had several i just 
I'm not nice to equipment. So if it's prone to just being wrecked and you give it to me, it's going to get wrecked. Simon has very delicate hands, so I'm sure Simon treats his well, and they'll last forever. He's got the hands of a midwife. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, just don't loan them to me. There's a, a, I do actually want to just to go go back to the uh, to, to the Broadcrest too, uh, but the reason why um, I put that lens which belongs on a uh, on, on a bronica uh, which nickel made for i say initially for 35 mil they they made it available to be uh, capable of being mounted on a bronica um, yeah. and i think they only actually made about 25 of them maybe um it's a, it's a small number that were made and the reason why they didn't make too many of them was <laughs> one it was expensive uh, and two it's awful um <laughs> for <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's like it's one of those it's one of those lenses that's just so bad it's great, um, and I'm sure it was absolutely fine when it was designed for 35 millimeter film. But obviously, it has this larger image circle, so yeah, they palm, palmed it off on Bronica because they'll take it, and um, and the the edges on it are, are really poor. Um, you've you've got all sorts of aberrations going on. So the the sense of the image is great. And then the further out you go, the the dodgier it gets. But for people like Eric and myself, we actually quite like that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, because it, well, lamography could grab hold of it and sell it for you know six hundred quid a pop, couldn't they, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Art yeah. lens, call it an art lens. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, hey now, that's a little close there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, t- I took a, a, an image uh, on the Bronica uh, with it, and. Um, and it was a it was a really nice image. It was done. It was a autumn path, and uh, the, the the photograph came out much better than I expected it to. Um, but if you went into it and actually pixel peeped it, um, everywhere other than the center, it was it was uh, almost as if there was camera shake. It was that bad. Um, yeah. But when you look at it as a whole, it just has something about it. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can live with that. I'm 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 happy with that. Um, and I thought next door was thinking, well, okay, cover six by six. Will it will it cover four by five? Oh, tell um, me it will. Yeah, and uh, and well, certainly at infinity, no, it doesn't. But it it probably calls, covers the. It gets up to the top. I think it like it, it will cover the the four inch four inches high along the horizontal. Uh, if that makes sense, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In landscape fashion, anyway, or cover four inches um, at infinity, but it's not the kind of lens you'd ever want to use at infinity. So what I need to do is work out what it's like at portrait length, because as you push the lens out further, the image circle gets larger, and therefore the vignetting actually will reduce. So I might be able to get a squared image out of it on large format. That's what I'm hoping for. If it'll cover a four inch, it'll probably cover three three and a quarter by four and a quarter. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. So you could just pop down to a three and a quarter by four and a quarter sheet film and still technically large format. We see, look at this kids. We're getting back to large format. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, cause I've got a three by four Graflex that I've, I shoot the living shit out of. It's a great camera. They're much cheaper than four by five because nobody wants it, but the film holders are readily available. Um, and you can get them kind of all day long for really cheap, sort of this lost format. Um, and then just cut down photo paper or use x-ray film or whatever. Or put a film back on it and shoot six by nine. I have to say that uh, long, long-term listeners to this podcast uh, will know that I actually own one of those. Um, oh, there you, you go. Trying, you kept trying to sell it to me, didn't you? Well, you, you said you wanted it. 
But I'd, I'd um, probably still do. Have you still got it? Or have you sold it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as a price, as a price with the two hundred, with the twenty-five centimeter f four. There was wasn't there something about it? Something, yeah. some catch to it or something? You know? No, no. There was there's there's no catch with it. The um, sure? it was it was more about the way that I actually purchased it in the first place uh, because um, I'm not sure if Ben Reynolds put me onto this. Um, oh, you bought it by mistake? Or yeah, did he because buy one um, by mistake? someone I, bought one by I think mistake. He was talking about it. And I thought, oh, oh, I like this, and mm. I want a Graflex. I want a speed graphic, and I, and I and it, oh, this is cheap. And, <laughs> yeah, um, and so I suppressed the button, and when it turned up, it was like, oh, it's a model of a four by five speed graphic. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it wasn't quite the camera that I thought I was getting when it actually turned up. But it's a lovely thing. But no, I've not done anything with it. Okay, well, don't do anything. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Again. Again. Well, first, take the 250 Nikon and Nikon, Nikon you mean? Nikon, right. Aluminium. Um, and <laughs> put it on there and see. I bet you it'll cover three by four. I'm yeah. sure it will. I have no doubt about that at all. Before we go any further, Eric, it'll be pretty sexy. Have you, Eric, have you gone into the large format story podcast? Facebook group and seen this photograph of this thing that Simon's talking about. Um, <laughs> there are some uh, there are some comments underneath which. Uh, it, so now Simon's back. We can we can uh, you can resume your role as Ask Eric, which isn't. Yeah, but, and you can read out the comments that people have. Oh my god! Made. It's 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 a ginormous lens on a micro camera. No, no, it's yeah, it is four by five. That is a four by five. Yeah. yeah. There's not many. Ben Reynolds makes a, a, a couple of comments and then there's a. Yeah, yeah. And he's right. It's a good question. I think. Um, what questions at them, Eric? The question, question for the table will a roll film back. With a roll film back, is that a large or a medium format camera? Full oh. disclosure, I prefer, believe the term refers to the format of the film, not the size of the negative. So that's a medium format. Yes. Who cares? Um, also, care. actually, more importantly, what is Simon compensating for with that lens? <laughs> Fair. Good question. That That's up for Simon to answer. And can we see the MPP with the Pentagon 300 F4 next? <laughs> well, it, it, I have actually tried. I mean, he was joking by saying the, uh, the Pentagon 300 F4. Um, uh, but it just so happens I've got one of those, and it, it's was well, actually that's quite interesting about it, the fact that it does not work at all. Um, the image circle is far far smaller, yeah, um, no. and uh, because ultimately it's down to the 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 optical design of of the, of the two lenses. And yeah, it was designed uh, properly. The the Pentagon was well. I, I think the Pentagon is a true telephoto, whereas I think the the two fifty is probably closer to being like a normal design lens. Yeah, um, and uh, because I do have a a, a, a Soviet lens um, called a Tear or Tyre thirty three, uh, which is um, a four hundred millimeter four point five, three hundred millimeter four point five, uh, but all the optics are at the front of the lens, so you can and you can actually unscrew the optics, and then effectively where the the focusing helicoid will be on the lens the it's effectively a, you just put a spacer in there instead and you and it will cover four by five and it covers four by five very very well um but uh, how do you spell no i'm curious how do you spell the name of that lens uh t-a-i-r dash 33 what a name speaking of of lenses ooh, they're actually pretty freaking cheap 50 bucks yeah get one absolutely brilliant 
if huh. if if you got the means of um, having a shutter, because these lenses we're now talking about obviously do not have shutters in them, and that's yeah. the thing about the the just quickly about the the Bronica S two and one of what the things that, that excites me about it is that it has a focal plane shutter, and it has a removable helicoid uh, focusing helicoid in there, um, which means that as far as uh, medium formats concerned, it's probably and the fact that the mirror actually drops down instead of flipping up yeah. uh, makes it pretty much the most ad adaptable platform um, for medium format behind, say, a, a, a two by three Graflex. Um, you can argue yeah. that, that one is, but in terms of an SLR, there's there's right. nothing there's nothing more adaptable than the, than the, than an S two. The biggest challenge with them um, is, I seem to recall, they have a fairly sorry. Andrew's totally falling asleep. They have a fairly deep box, so the focal uh, the flange distance to film is like long. Yes. It's like almost 75 millimeters or something. So you can't adapt anything that's particularly short to it. I've ad I've right. adapted. I know that it'll, you can definitely go 90 millimeters. 90, yeah. but, you, but ultimately the lens actually effectively fits inside the camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I've also made it fit a 100 millimeter trioplan. Um, for those uh, for those listeners just joining us, uh, welcome <laughs> welcome back to the very latest episode of the Classic Lenses podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Perry G, and I'm in Hong Kong, and I'm joined by Simon Foster. What's the weather like, Simon? Well, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Swinging it back to large format. Um, no, I'm sorry. Actually... I'm sure. I'm sure it's fascinating. <laughs> I'm having trouble retaining the information that you're talking about. Speaking of of lenses, um, <laughs> snoring. Uh, I'll just go ahead and make this public because I've been I, initially I wasn't really telling anybody who these were coming from. Um, but sorry, we started talking about you now, Eric, or are we still have we left Simon? We've left Simon for a okay, moment, but we're, but we're staying on lenses and lens building okay. and All right. and things that require shutters, yep. large format shutters. That's okay. Um, I don't mind talking about those. Fans of the podcast know a gentleman who's really active in our community named Jason Lane. Uh, we just talked about who made the the chroma lens, and he's just like this this almost larger than life figure. Uh, he did Pictographica, the the tintype company, and all that sort of stuff, which should be coming back soon. Actually, I hope. Um, anyways, like six uh, months dry, ago, I was going to say they uh, J J Lane dry plates. We're talk, we're exactly. talking about that with uh, yeah. glass plates. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, which whose production is uh, shut down uh, because they moved to Arkansas because he became, I think, vice president of engineering at LaCroix Optics. So he left his his freelance lens. He's an optical engineer for the listeners. And so he's in charge of like all their optical design and, and all the stuff. So did you say he stopped doing the J-Lane J dry plates? Or yeah, because they moved. Oh. They moved and his production facility was his basement. Right. You've got the yeah. chapter, I'm forgetting his name, the chapter in the zebra plates, haven't you? Zebra plates? Yeah, he's taking? in Eastern Europe, as I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never actually talked to him. But um, so, I mean, the, the J Lane stuff should be coming back soon. I think uh, Jason said that they're, he's trying to find or is getting pretty close to like finding a space to rent to oh, okay. restart production. Um, I think he's then got to find some children to work for him in this exactly, basement. Exactly, exactly. His kids are getting old enough to be like, Dad, I don't want to pour yeah. emulsion anymore. Stop it. Um, I actually want to go on a date. I mean, it needs to head down to the Mexican border with a van and pick a few up and bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
actually no anyways um not touching that with a 20-foot pole um so yeah he apparently was going through the the back he had his assistants go through the back rooms and found all these old optical elements and he just messaged me and said we've got a bunch of stuff we're never going to use it they're like prototypes and like short runs and things we're boxing up everything that's that i think will be interesting to you and shipping it and i was like really he's like yeah i'm okay so two big ass boxes showed up wrecked by fedex but showed up at my door and uh, does that mean i might actually get my lens one of these days then yes and that yellow uh that that thing right there behind me which people who are just listening can't see is are just storage bins filled with 600 600 optical elements that he sent me with the design specs so i know everything about them and i was like holy shit i actually have to learn how to like design lenses now because i I have the information to do it with um which i'm setting aside for a while because i've got other projects so he messages me last week or earlier yeah this is last week and says okay i'm here's the fedex i'm sending you the last shipment i'm like what do you mean he's like Oh, we just finished up. I'm like, wow, how, what are you sending? He's like, oh, another 1,600 optical elements. Wow. I'm like. Have you got these? I know are they still on the not way. Not yet. They're, they'll show up on Tuesday. Where are you going to put those in? I don't fucking know. Tell Heather to build you another <laughs> storeroom. I'm, I'm going to have to buy like a, a library index card store cabinet or something. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have 2,200 brand new optical elements of all kinds. Convex, double convex, concave, double convex, all of them. Um, Ranging from, I think, 24 millimeter up to there's some in the back there that are three and a half inches in diameter. Just huge. For making lenses. Well, you're never going to get through. You're never going to use them all, are you? I'm going to try. Would you, yeah, I mean, would you consider doing what, your matey boy, I want to call him Fred something, the guy who sells lenses for tuppence eight each. What's his name? Surplus Shed, man. Surplus Shed. Oh, Surplus man. Shed? Yeah. Him? You could go into competition with him. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, he, he's also a machinist. I don't know, maybe. Um, first, I have to figure out how to actually like make lenses because usually I just buy stuff and slap them together and go, oh, that makes a horrible image. Nope. Or, oh, that looks kind of cool. Sure, I'll like get five more, six more of those, um, and only do pairs at the most or singles. Um, so now I've, I actually have the means to pick and choose and make perhaps a double gauss or a cook triplet or all sorts of designs I know absolutely nothing about besides like looking at a screen and saying, mm-hmm. oh, That looks like an illustration of a lens with three lenses. Let me see if I can find things with approximately those shapes and uh, put them together. <laughs> So, yeah, I will have a year of learning how to actually, attempting to learn how to actually make lenses and just pestering Jason Lane a whole shit ton saying, why is it not working? And having him patiently attempt to explain it with his ginormous brain to my stone axe simple brain. But it'll be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that, that's a thing that happened. I'll, I'll post photos in the in the group when when they arrive. If FedEx doesn't attempt to destroy them again, they're awful. FedEx is awful. Sorry, if there's anybody listening who works at FedEx, please 
just sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, well, at least at least FedEx are actually sending things at the moment and over in the UK. Uh, currently, uh, as I speak, which, what's the date today? Fifteenth uh, of uh, January, twenty twenty three. Raw Mail have been hit by um, some kind of um, ransomware attack. Oh and, no! Um, and as a as a result of it, their computer systems are uh, totaled. And they and at this moment, I'm in the situation where I cannot actually post anything internationally uh, via the royal mail and that's really when the kind of things i send royal mail is the only way of doing it otherwise you're paying like three times the price um so it's um yeah pretty drastic at the moment just 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 things waiting to go and hoping that people have got the patience for 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 what's going on and there's no uh, got no idea how long it's going to take before it actually resolves itself that's so simon simon hmm what else have you been up to, large format-wise? You've been doing things with the you've been doing things with the Six Towns darkroom, haven't you? Tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, really, the the story of my large format photography this year has been a tale of woe mm-hmm. um, and disaster. Well, this year is only fifteen uh, days sorry, old. Yeah. You didn't uh, mean uh, that, did you? I yeah, say you're passing a lot in there in these last two yeah, weeks. It, that's very true. It's still been a year of woe. Uh, yeah, but last year um, was even more woe. Um, uh, because I mean, we went the Six Towns Darkroom Club in Stoke-on-Trent, which is uh, I'm 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 a member there, and most of us are actually interested in large format photography, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and we have a a, uh, a, a seven by five uh, enlarger as well, which was donated to us by oh no Steve Sexby. Steve Segersby. Thank you, thank you. That was embarrassing. Um, and uh, so. Um, yeah, so we we can we can do large format up to seven by five. Not that I've done anything larger than uh, four by five yet, um, but we went out to uh, North Wales, uh, Snowdonia is a, is the the region of it, and it's a it's a. I sort of slightly hesitate to call it mountainous because you know uh, Eric knows what mountains are and uh, our mountains aren't quite on the same kind of scale as uh, as, as, as the. Is is the kind of stuff you're dealing with, but um, but there are mountains, and um, we're we're happy with them, and uh, and it's 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 pretty, <laughs> and uh, and I, I went out with my uh, my chroma carbon adventurer, uh, scaring scaring the sheep with my because it's bright orange, um, and had a pretty wonderful day, um, as as did we all. It was a really really nice day, and I was using things like. Um, a uh, Taylor Taylor Hobson meniscus lens, um, oh. which is for a much larger format. Uh, but I managed to extend, put an extension on there, and, and use a, I think a Copal three. I think I've got a Copal three shutter, um, and it uh, still didn't vignette, even though it was like stuck down the end of a tube. Um, and yeah, so I had a great day and made around about ten photos. I took notes of how I took the photos, and not one of them uh, came out. They, it, it was just a complete wash uh, to the point where I think like the best photos I actually had were they were lo- the negatives were larger clear with and then with a couple of details that showed me that yeah I was in North Wales I could remember that particular part of uh, this corner of the photograph and and that was pretty much what went wrong well exactly and and this this is the lesson really I mean 
it, this continued, by the way. I went out again and did some other stuff and had a lovely time and ended up with no workable images at all. Um, and I was, I finally, finally realized that you can't do everything all at once. Um, at some point, you need to settle down, pick something. I don't know whether that be a particular kind of film, a certain kind of developer, a certain kind of way of actually taking photographs and exposing the scene, um, rather than just just winging it. Um, or oh, let's try this and let's. Try I resemble that. that remark. Yeah, and uh, and because ultimately, I I never actually truly got to the bottom of what went wrong because there were so many things that could have been the cause. Uh, one of which was um, badly stored. Uh, film, um, which was uh, it was some it had a box of uh, Adox CH one hundred two in the fridge, not in a pl- not in plastic, just in the fridge next to where the uh, the cooling element is. So half, when I actually got it out the night before, half of it was actually wet and frozen, and the other side was just just wet and cold. Um, so I left it out overnight, and uh, I'm thinking, well. You know, people freeze it, and and water's not really that much of a problem, is it? And it's in, it's still in its K, in its uh, black wrapper, and all this kind of stuff. So I think it should be fine, and that may have been a contributing factor. Um, the, the the I wasn't sure if my rodinal was was actually working correctly, um, whether I even measured it right. And then the third the third factor was my. Um, my, my exposure meter, and this is probably the biggest learning of the lot, is that um, an exposure meter is there to give you a guide. It is not there to tell you what to do, um, because you know it, it will give you some information based upon how you, how you're using it. But you do you don't have to believe everything. It's well, no. well actually, no, you don't have to believe well, everything. It, it says, but it, sometimes it's wrong. If it, seem, if it seems to be telling you bollocks, then you have to, alarm bells go off, don't yeah, they? But, yeah, but that that yeah. assumes that that assumes that I'm prepared to believe it's given me bollocks information, right? And that was where the problem is. I was just looking but at it, it just but even path. with even you know if you point that thing down at the ground on a reasonably bright day and you've got 100 speed film in, and if it's saying something like um, you know 125th of a second at f5.6 or f8. It's going to be in the kind of ballpark, isn't it? In in England, anyway. Yeah. In the middle of the summer, it might be f eleven or something. But but if it says one one two fifth of a second to f two point eight, you think nah, see that's bollocks. I just yeah. text Sunny at sixteen. If it's a bright day, like I had one meter, my blood. Yeah, but it's in America. We don't. We don't. We we apply the Sunny sixteen rules differently over here, Eric. Well, yeah, because you don't have sunlight. No, no. That's probably the reason, uh, Simon. We're actually photographing in the dark. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is, you both made excellent points, and they show that the, the, the two of you have a level of intelligence, whereas I was not using any intelligence, and I was just slavishly following what it told me. But the thing is, the reason for that is, it, in the past, it's just always delivered for me um, mm. using, um, not the reflective, what's the other one? Um, incident, meter. incident metering, yeah, and I could do that with uh, for slide film, and yeah, this, and, should, and be reli- was, should be reliable if you if yeah. your and it has been Pro Six thing is working properly. Yeah, that, and there you go. And then this is the thing. I then subsequently found my Pro Six was working occasionally. What well, was working very very well 
some of the time, and other times, actually, it was giving me erroneous meter meter readings. I, I often just whip out the iPhone and use the built-in, you know, the meter app. If I've got any doubts at all, yeah, in it, and that'll give you that'll get you in the right ballpark. Point it down at the ground, you know, so you're not and yeah, you, you're going to be in the ballpark, aren't you? You know, on Route sixty six, when when the four F died, it started giving me like, you know, fifty ASA film, bright sunlight, one one hundredth at f like. Just ridiculous amounts of light. I think I, I Sunny F sixteen checked it, and it was saying instead of one fiftieth at F sixteen, it was saying like one fiftieth at F thirty two. Just like, mm-hmm. like 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 I was in the middle of the sun is what it thought was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I just used uh, I had a Fuji X one hundred S on me, the first generation. And I just switched to metering with the little X one hundred S, and the thing was just fucking sorry, Simon. The thing was bloody spot on the entire time, and that system worked great. Yeah, I. Oh. I yeah, yeah. The thing is, I've I've learned I've learned the hard way that I can't just slavishly follow the, what the no. damn thing is saying, and that's exactly what I was doing. You know. Yeah. So. Well, and also to your point of doing everything at once, like I'm just as guilty of that, and then just banging my head against the wall, going, "Why isn't this working? I'm trying a brand new film, a brand new development type with a camera I've never shot before. What could possibly go wrong?" Yeah. Everything is the answer. So, the where where things start to get better. Uh, having realized that I need to, you know, limit myself. Um, I, I went to see my friend up in Lancashire, uh, Christopher Mackay. Um, who's a very interesting chap and he's got an excellent camera collection and he's actually somebody that's interested in potentially doing like large format workshops as well, because he's got a, well, he's, uh, spent most of his professional life as a photographer in Canada and he's, he's come back to the UK and, um, and he, he has, plenty of cameras for for people to just turn up and and use including a number of large format cameras and i think it's got about four or five enlargers um of different sizes and so on but that's that's probably for another time um but i went up to see him and we he was having a bit of a creative lull um as we as we all have and um and we we when i was coming up to see him he said we should go to this place called the queen street mill uh, which is a, an old Victorian mill in Burnley in the north of England. And I uh, thought, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And we went out. But the, what we actually did, we went with one camera um, with the view that what we'd do, it's one camera between two of us, and we'd walk around and we'll just talk about the photographs either of us might wish to take. And we talk to each other about the process involved and what, we want, what we're trying to achieve and, and, and so on. And uh, so we took his, his, his Hasselblad with us and... Um, and that was exactly what we did. And it was a really interesting experience um, to talk to somebody that is in the same situation as you, has got access mm-hmm. to the same camera as you and the same lens or lenses. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd learned from him and and I think he got some inspiration from, from, from me. And I think we both took photographs that probably we may not have done if it hadn't been for some of the conversations that, that, that we were having. Um, so that was in itself just a, a good experience. But the bit that really sort of awoke me uh, is we, we went back, we'd been there using HP five um, and the, we had enough time for him to develop it. I've never, I've strayed away from H, HP five largely because okay. I've had my experiences of it as, as such that I, I think that it's grainy. Um, that's, that's what's in my head, uh, which is, I know that isn't um, necessarily true. Um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm not currently a fan of grain. I used to be, I'm not at the moment. 
And uh, so he developed it in HC110 uh, dilution B, I think it's dilution B, which is 1 to 31. Uh, it was yeah. definitely 1 to 31. Um, and he then, he then just uh, threw, threw, quickly thought, okay, let's just develop one of these photographs, put it onto uh, uh, an enlarger. Whacked it in there. Did did one did one test and thought, mm, okay, let's let's wind up the magenta. Not necessarily now. What is grade four on the magenta? He goes, no, I think we'll turn this to this this mark. <laughs> yeah, because I think it needs this much uh, magenta, and uh, and knocked and knocked it out and produced an absolutely beautiful print uh, that was exactly what I would lo- like to see in a photograph. And it certainly wasn't full of grain, and uh, and it, it just made me think, okay. Is just use a film that lots of you know the world loves HP five HC one ten is something that you know every everybody knows what it is. I've never actually used it before, but it's a it's a tried and trusted uh, way way of doing things. And um, and now I'm now currently in love with HP five and HC one ten. And I've literally this morning I've I've just ordered a a pack of twenty five four by five sheets uh, to. Oh, nice. to to, to do that because I've still got some adocs, um, some which I know has been stored correctly. But it's that it's that case. I just want to just nail my process down because I know that in medium format I can take an HP5 photograph and develop it and make it look like I want it to do. So I need to prove to myself now that I can do exactly the same thing in large format. So when you do that, are you gonna pull pull an Andrew and like get the the gray card like the of the, the ten the zones and put it up? And do I've some test sheets. That. I've given up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, test develop until you get it where you want it. You going to go full Ansel on us here? No, no. I mean, no, what, I, what, what, what I, what I've always done until I tried to get more scientific and then gave up because I've just gone back <laughs> to what I've always done is, um, you might want to call it trial and error, really. Um, but it's a kind of pragmatic approach to achieving what works for me. You know, so when it when when folks online, so let's take a step back. When folks online say, "What's how should I rate HP five or how should I develop it?" and someone gives a definitive answer, quite frankly, it's bollocks. Okay, just to I, I said I don't swear much, but we don't think that word's swearing, do we, Eric? It's um, bollocks. So it's what works for you. it's what works for you. So if you take a photograph and you've got no detail in the image, Simon. Yeah. Um, but you've got like edge markings and they're nicely well presented, then you've developed the sheet of film, okay? But you haven't thrown enough light at it. So if you if you start with a 400-speed film and you ex- set your camera or use your meter um, on your large-format camera, which might have a lens on, which may or may not be accurate, um, the chances are you're going to be down at the slightly slower end of the speed because you've got it stopped right down to F45. So a second might be... Two seconds, it might be half a second, might be a quarter of a second. I mean, who knows? Um, and then the next camera you use, the shutter speed is completely different. So, so with if your final image, you're consistently over time getting blank shadow areas in your image, and you say, well, you know, whether or not you were, let's just say, metering for the shadows, we won't talk about what that actually means for the moment, but. If you wanted to get shadow detail in an area and there's consistently no shadow area and your negatives are devoid of shadow, then just rate that film or change your meter setting to a slower speed, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's it, you know. And then when you've got your nice shadow detail, that becomes your 
working speed. But, but that yeah. might not be the same. That might not be the same for the next camera you pick up, particularly large format, because all those shutters might be a bit different. And meters can be off by a stop easily, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, and so keeping a simple process, like I think is what you're trying to do, Simon, with one film and one developer is, is a really useful thing to do. And having a meter that you can rely on, and it doesn't matter, you know, uh, don't lose a lot of sleep by going comparing one meter to the next. Use a meter that you're happy and you like and you know works. If you're getting good shadow detail or you're getting some shadow detail where you want it to be at the speed, whatever the speed is you're rating the film at, well, that's good. That's good. That's That works for you. It might not be the same for other people, but that becomes your new normal type speed. And then when you're developing, you start off with the manufacturer's, start off with the manufacturer's times. If you find that your highlight areas are so blown out and dense that you have trouble scanning them or when you do scan them, there's no detail. Think, well, actually, the sky should look, you know, I don't want it to be like a spectral point. It should have some, should have some, um, you know, a bit, a bit of uh, tonality to it. Well, the development time is too long for you. So cut it, you know, and, and if you want to talk zone systemy thing, to move high, high high value tonality down by one zone or a stop is about a 30% reduction in developing time so cut and that sounds huge i know so if you if your highlights are out of control cut your development time by 30% and try that and see how that works for you yeah the the, the i won't say I won't call it the poor man's but this the simple man's um Zone system is pretty much like you said, meter for the meter and exposure for the shadows developed for the yeah, highlights. But, what, but, but a lot of people, Eric, when people, uh, some people, some people, a lot of people, I don't know, it's not always clear what people mean by that. If, they, if you point your meter at a shadow area and take that reading and translate it direct to your camera, sure, you're going to get good shadow detail, but you've got far too much than you really need. And what that does is push your highlights way up the up mm -hmm. the curve and they and the highlights become then difficult to control so yeah. metering well, like was, metering to the shadows saying. really is metering where you want detail and yeah. then what ansel adams called placing i'm doing in placing your shadows so reducing the exposure down by if you're bruce barnbound one stop or two stops so in ansel adams terms that placing them on zone four or zone three and that then bring then you can meet to see your highlights see are they five six seven eight stops more is mm -hmm. my film going to handle it do i need to do anything with the development yeah but like i said the poor man's version the simple man's version is meter where you want those shadow details then cut like 15 to 20 percent off your development time to bring the highlights in and then you that's where yeah. you start and you go so from all, there all the old press photographers people i used to read about you know, back in the 80s, before the interweb, uh, the interweb's vast bank of knowledge and experts, they would always say, mm, and they would suck their teeth. Well, I imagine them sucking their teeth and saying, mm, any new film that you're unsure of, rated at a third less than the box speed and cut 20% off the development time, and you'll have a negative that you can print with a lot easier, probably. You know? And they said that's often, you'll find that's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For, for, if you want a negative that has good detail end to end, if you're not bothered and you just want soot and whitewash, high contrast images, which is fine, and that's a, certainly a look, 
you know, then mm -hmm. you don't worry about it. But you can produce that sort of high contrast image from a negative which has got all the tones in, but you can't produce one with all the tones in if the negative's not got them in the first place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with all that said, I am guilty of just going in and just like going go with the meter and saying, here we go, and just shooting the shit out of it. And yeah, just... well, I do that a lot anyway, but then it depends where, you, what, it's if you've got confidence in your meter, confidence of where you're pointing it, and you've got a, a sense of what the weather's like, you know. I mean, HP5, people talk about it being bulletproof, is it? it, it because if you take a, a middle tone reading, so Simon, you're up on your mountain and you, and you point your Profi 6 meter at some, uh, the back of your hand in shadow or a bit of gray granite, you know, you've got probably a good five stops either side, you know, and even you should be producing an image. Even, even. <laughs> I don't, you don't even have to worry about the zone system, probably. You know, well, my 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 Profi Six is is now consigned. It's it's gone. Um, I'm I'm just refusing to use it now. Um, what are you using wait, now then? Well, Your iPhone. I, no, no, no. Um, I've although interestingly enough, I, I, it used to be that um, I couldn't really get a read, meter reading from a from a phone um, that was that was any good, but. Um, recently, it turns well, out. Well, you, how would you know? You don't seem to know. Well, I would. T I would test it against my my dodgy my dodgy <laughs> light meter, and it wouldn't necessarily agree. Um, but uh, but then back in the day when my Profi Six worked, um, I, I couldn't really match it. And uh, whereas now it seems to be more uh, reliable. I've I've got a an old um, Minolta. I say old. No, it's digital. Uh, Minolta flash meter four. Yeah, um, they're good. They're good, yeah, aren't they? It's 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 it, it, it is. Got the it's, swivelly, got the swivelly head on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem is, that it's got a dodgy electrical connection on the. Oh, uh, there on, we go. The so why don't you just get a meter that works? Oh, no, no, well, this thing instead I, of I, buying I, crap or well, getting old is, dodgy stuff. I own three. <laughs> I own three spot meters. Yeah, and they're all crap. Um, I bet. No, you've got that. that you've got that. On, I've seen one of them. You have got that Pentax. Yeah, I've got a Pentax digital meter. Does that work? Or does that um, does the meter flicker around when you? Well, that, that, seems, that seems to work. Um, okay. And I've got you a, sure? You yeah, sure? I've got, I've got an, an older Soligor meter with a dart with a with a needle, which I really like. And you can also mm. adjust it as well with a screwdriver yeah. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, to get zero. To get the yeah. zero set. And I've also got the the Reveni spot meter as well. Oh yeah, uh, that's pretty which reliable. I yeah. Used. Um, oh, that's and, good. I like I like my Reveni. Yeah, so so it's now it's now making me think. Yeah, this could be the time for me to, you know, to to embrace the zone system, uh, because mm, no, three, yeah. no, it's don't don't just go out next time you go out. Take your HP five with you uh, and rate it either at four hundred or three something. You know, three hundred and fifty or something or two fifty somewhere around there. Two fifty to four hundred. Rate it somewhere there, and. Or even just shoot it at box speed if you want. I think you'll be fine. And use your and use your dilution B thing because you know, you know, what, when you went out with it with Matey Boy, what did you just rate it on your Hasselblad at four hundred? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and when I've and when I've used it myself <clears throat> on on my Bronica, I, I rated it four hundred, and I yeah. was happy with what I was getting. Well, you know, uh, it, it's. I don't think you're going to have to worry too much. You know. It, yeah. uh, as I say, meters can be a stop or more out between one and the other, and certainly large format lenses can all be can all be funkily different. Yeah. Um, but if you're pointing your meter and you're reasonably confident at with it at some kind of grey tone, 
you've got quite a lot of leeway even if it's like a stop out you know you're unlikely to be too far out and if you find that your highlights then so your only problem you're unlikely to suffer from lack of shadow detail doing that the only problem is on a really bright day you could start leveling out on the you know on the on the highlights and and density will start building up and so you'll find it hard to print through it or to scan through it then you might want to tweak your development times but one thing at a time you know just yeah it's all very simple isn't it you know start don't alter your gear too much go out with one camera one lens one film and developer yeah and don't keep jumping around no that's with 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 like that monstrosity of a photograph that you've placed on the (laughs) that's that's i know why don't i just try this i'll try i'll try this new lens (laughs) <laughs> with a camera that I, you know, okay, yeah, I think it would work. Hey, stop making this personal. I do this yeah, all the time. It's just more. It's just more film. fun, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I know that we um, we're going to be losing uh, you very soon, Andrew. We're going to have to start wrapping up very very quickly. But um, I just want to repeat a phrase that I, I once. I'm sure I've said this once before, but I, I really love it. Um, and uh, it's because if, if you have uh, two spot meters and they're both giving the same reading, one of them's lying. Okay. Oh, that, right. It was funny when I heard I'm it. I'm trying to work out whether it's a, a wise <laughs> comment meant to be a funny comment or I'm, I'm just yeah, stupid. I'm, I'm probably missing a line of it anyway, but uh, well, there you go. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that went down well. Um, so, <laughs> Do, Have we had any emails, by the way, Simon, um, in the year or so? That, quite, uh, quite, quite possibly, but um, not many. Um, uh, but well, we, can, we can we can save those. We've been fairly inactive. Sorry, folks. Yeah, but uh, what I do very very quickly want to say is thank you because we've uh, so I've not fed you information about uh, our coffee dinner donors no um, no we me and Eric are just sweating every episode to think that we're yeah. eventually going to have to pay to host the show. Yeah, well, yeah. I I, ca- I cannot remember the last time that we actually gave any kind of information out uh, on this. So I'm going to no, do no, no, every time. No, 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 no. I'm about the people who have actually. Oh, no, not, not, since, not since you were last here in yeah. 1850. Ex- exactly. So let's just uh, we'll <laughs> keep, keep, keep this quick. And uh, so last year, which is 2022, we had three donations for the whole year. Thank and, you. Uh, and I just wish to thank those people. And those people are Patrick. Um, who says uh, your podcast has been the perfect blend of stimulation and relaxation uh, for a stay-at-home parent of a toddler? Please keep it up. Thank you, Patrick. Um, wow. And and then in I've got two here. The first one by Ruben R. And then a few months later, I've got Ruben Robles. So I'm sort of thinking that's the same person. I, that I sounds don't like the same person. person. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but Ruben R uh, says, thank you so much um, for all that you do. I'm very new to large format photography and enjoy catching up on all the previous episodes. So much to learn. Oh, uh, ooh, actually, there's a bit You more. won't learn much from us, Ruben. That's a sure thing. Yeah. And uh, and I'm enjoying every step of the way. It's it's interesting. Uh, today, a, a large part of today is very similar to how uh, the, the podcast started, which was trying to get things into my thick head. Um, and so uh, having been doing this for uh, several years now i'm still stupid and there's so much still there's so much to learn and you just keep on learning as well so uh yeah you might be new to it now or i think most people stay new to it for a very long time mm. and i think that's a good thing because it just makes it interesting 
Um, and then you got Ruben Rebels, uh, this was on the 3rd of October, said, thank you so much for great content. Um, keep doing what you're doing. So uh, thank you. So uh, um, thank you all. And if you wish to uh, donate to the podcast to help things uh, going, and I think it actually costs £120 a year for the hosting fees. Um, if you go to the go to coffee.com that's ko-fi.com and then somehow find us um because i I believe you can type in large format photography podcast but in the past nothing it just didn't work um so it was a challenge Um, i think the link the link we put in the show notes uh, every time i'm sure that works i'm sure it does oh i'm sure that it does but it's it's how many people actually get to see the show notes so uh, we post them do we i don't know do we post them every time I we can donate, check the show notes. Yeah. And yeah. But the show notes are only yeah. in Facebook, I believe, and lots of people don't go there. Uh, don't they show up on the... They show up on the podcast. On the podcast. Possibly. I don't. I, mean, I, don't know. Know. I think they do. When on Podbean, what I tend to use, I'm sure they um, show up yeah, on the So, uh, yeah, so if you go to our podcast host, which is uh, podbean.com, um, and search for large format photography podcast, you will see the the show notes there, and mm. uh, the link will be there and clickable, um, which is by far the easiest way to find us. So uh, any any help you can give us, it's appreciated. Um, right, um, technically now we're one minute over uh, Andrew's mm. cut off time. Yeah. Um, so uh, very very quickly, have you got any uh, shout out, Andrew? Uh, no. Eric? No. No. Oh, writing. Um, well, to YouTube, actually, of course. Um, just Andrew's been pretty much taking the entire load over the last six months of finding guests and doing the thing and prodding me to show up. Um, so I can't really take any credit besides showing it because Andrew's literally been doing all the work. Um, we don't know that. We haven't put that many shows out, but it's been a bit of a Yes, I know, but when we do, it's been you. I know so, it has, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't like to blow my own, I don't like to blow my own trumpet. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Jeez Louise, man. You Brits, you take compliments so poorly. Yeah. He's blushing now. It's adorable. And Simon for <laughs> No, that's the guy to, that's the guy behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon for continuing to to put up with my bleeps. Um, well, I've given up with bleeps now. That, that's it. They just go out. <laughs> I worn him down. And the guests we have had, and hopefully the guests that we will have soon. We've got a couple lined up that I'm uh that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. So Oh, that's yeah. cool. Um, I have uh, one shout out, and that's to uh, Graham Jago um, uh, of the Sunday 16 podcast, uh, sort of becomes sort of part time uh, podcast Ooh. host because he's not been doing uh, well, he's sort of been taking a break, although he, he came back the other week uh, to do their Sunday Awards. Um, and uh, but the reason I want to give uh, Graham a sh- uh, the shout out is because uh, his grandma uh, recently died. In fact, um, the funeral was uh, a couple of days ago. And um, Graham's grandmother is somebody that's known to a few uh, large format photographers uh, because uh, we've um, had the pleasure of staying at her house when uh, there's been the the photography show in, in Birmingham in the UK and possibly other, other, other things as well. But I was there earlier on this year um, I think it was this, this year. Was it last year? Or was it for a completely different reason? I think it was for a completely different reason, actually. I think it was for uh, doing something with um, the late John Whitmore, um, of, also at the Sunday 16 podcast. Um, and I stayed uh, at his grandmother's house, and we didn't turn up there until something like about 11 o'clock at night. And she was there up for us and um, 
and stayed with us chatting for over an hour and she was well into her 90s. I think she was like 98 or something, possibly even 99. And she was lovely, beautiful person to talk to. The mental agility was, was was absolutely all there, and um, and she and she didn't even look bad on me in the morning after when she made toast and I and I put too much black currant jam on the toast and I was I sort of embarrassed myself and uh, she 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 didn't even give me a funny look about it as well so um, no, I um, so there we go so uh, thoughts to grain there uh, was uh, he's lost a, a, a great woman in his life yeah um, okay Ooh. also quick I totally forgot Jason Lane huge shout out to Jason Lane for continuously encouraging me and like sending me a lifetime worth of optical elements jason rocks yes jason is the shit yeah so okay so uh andrew um if somebody wanted to contact us uh what's the best way to do that um by email say ah! large large format photography podcast at gmail I don't know. Dot, yep, oh, wait, that's Derek now. Gmail.com. Is that right? It is. L- large, there's not a there in there, is it? Large format strawberry podcast at gmail.com. Eric is very proud of you. Well done there. I am yeah. so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so, Andrew, if uh, people want to see the things that you're doing or just see what else you're getting up to on the various social well, medias I, out there. I haven't yet um, fled Twitter to masturbate. Or Mastodon, or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can still find me at Twitter at Warboys Snapper, and uh, you can find me on Instagram. I don't know Andrew Bartram, maybe or Warboys Snapper. You can find me on those places if you. I'm so famous, you can Google my name or Warboys Snapper or Andrew Bartram, and I pop up on all those things apart from Mastodon. So I don't really understand what that is. No, I, I don't quite get it myself. Stay, I've got, I've got to... stay with stay with Twitter, and you know we know we can talk all day about Elon Musk and all that stuff. But I've invested twelve, eleven years into Twitter, and it's transformed much of my analog photography with the people I meet, the relationships I've formed, and uh, I, I just have too much invested in in it really. And I, if I don't engage with, you know, idiots or people that want to be horrible i can block them or mute them and then generally the algorithm sends people my way who i'm happy to talk to but i think if you keep if you keep discoursing discoursing talking to um people that are just idiots or you know you just want to pick fights with people then algorithms like that so they'll keep shoving more of that stuff your way yeah good advice and there's, I'm, I'm also in some photography groups on Twitter, so you can go into these little groups, can't you? And I'm in a couple of those, and that then you just go into those, and all you hear is film photography chatter. Yeah. And you, Eric? How can people keep up with you? Um, you much, bike? Um, I've, I've never been a, a twit guy, so pretty much um, on Instagram, E-R-I-K-H-M-A-T-H-Y. Um, currently, there's a lot of disassembled 5 by 7 brass lenses with dodgy falling apart uh, repairs happening there and also fairly soon there'll be a really really pretty 1915 soldiers pocket camera that i'm going to start to play with for uh the next project that i'm doing in france so yeah and bunnies always bunnies excellent and uh for myself i have a website 
called simonforsterphotographic.co.uk where you can buy loads of lens caps um so many lens caps so many lens caps and also um i have a license agreement with the great ethan moses of uh camera dactyl and i'm um, making some of his uh delightful things such yeah, as uh, butter grips and, 120 um, millimeter right. your cases for your 120 millimeter film as well i saw yeah yeah um there's a there's a thing called a butter box where, where you can put 120 film into it and uh there was an extra file um in in the in the folder that uh, Ethan sent to me, and it said uh, 120 millimeter, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting, and I, I printed it off, and it's exactly the same thing as a is a a butter box that holds five uh, rolls of 120 film, except it says 120 millimeter uh, on the side of it, and I've posted a couple of pictures of it, and it massively winds people up. <laughs> it's it's really really funny. Did you know uh, it's not 120? It's not 120 millimeter. Yeah. The, and um, the, um, he's not a listener of the podcast, but he's on on Twitter. Uh, Stig of the dump. Uh, he he bought one, and he specifically asked uh, for the 120 millimeter version. And, Brilliant. Uh, and he uh, he posted like a photograph of it um, late um, when he, when he received it, and he put a tape measure on it, and it just happens to measure 120 millimeters. So all those people are getting wound up about it. It's they didn't understand. It's just the length of the box, mm-hmm. and that's all. You know. So um, I don't. Know. So um, yeah. So so there's those things. Um, I'm on Twitter as Simon Four. Uh, that's F O R rather than the number four. Um, Instagram Simon Forster Photographic. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, I think that's it. Um, we didn't really cover a lot of ground, did we? Apart from talking about you, Simon, which is lovely, you no? Know, because you've been, and I'm sure we no, didn't. We have get... to catch up on us. That's fine. Well, well, I'm sure we haven't got to all of it, so I guess that means we have to have part two or three. You may, yeah. I, I may, I may come back. I may, it may be, it may be less than a year before you. Sorry, eighteen months or whatever it was before you see me again. Um, actually, I just remembered uh, our music by Kevin McLeod, and it's called Two Finger Johnny, and everybody likes it. Um, and um, so that's it so I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and uh, I'd be grateful if you can join us again next time so goodbye bye thank you goodbye